Sometimes I like to imagine the world after us, the strange mammals that will emerge, the abundance of biodiverse plant life taking over our fields and factories and so on. I don't think this world will be better. I maintain that we are the most interesting thing to happen on Earth, and there is real beauty and meaning in our curiosity and compassion, even as we also cause and witness so much suffering. But at any rate, there will be a world after us, after each of us. And that's why there's life insurance. It exists to provide a financial safety net to those who love and count on you. Policy Genius's technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Policy Genius. Because there will be a world without us. Podcast where two brothers answer your questions, give you dubious advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon. John, yes, I have a problem. What's your problem? I accidentally put your your hat on my computer and I can't get it off. Well, what's the issue? I don't know. Oh, the caps lock was on. gonna put that on your head there for like maybe like 10 seconds and then tell you that our family's working its way through a lice outbreak. <laughs> I don't, uh, you, you, your child isn't old enough yet to get lice, but let me tell you, whew, you've got it now. All right. <laughs> uh, John. Yes. One, do you have a thing you were going to do after the thing, or are you not going to do the thing? We decided not to do it. Oh, I, I was going to do a new bit where I say things that I would have tweeted this week. <laughs> but I told, I don't know if you guys know, but I'm off Twitter. Uh, one thing I've learned about being off the social internet over the last month is that it's a little bit like having gone to Harvard in the sense that within 10 to 15 seconds of anyone beginning a conversation with me, I find myself saying, I no longer use the social internet. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll, you know, like, they'll be like, uh, how's the chicken? And I'll be like, you know, good, but I can't take a picture of it because I'm not on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I went to college just outside of Boston. It was lovely. <laughs> hey, Hank. Yeah. Should we answer some questions from our listeners? Heck yes. Okay, let's do it. This first question comes from... They were given to us by the people in this room. So hopefully you're here, whoever we're about to ask a question from. John didn't have his first one prepared. That's fine. I had my first one all picked out. But he decided to go first, so you just keep on looking. <laughs> oh, I found it. 
Our first question comes from Anonymous. And when I read the question, you'll know why they wanted to remain anonymous. Which one of you beefy lads can lift more? It's not more, really... It, more what? Yeah, like I need units. Because I, I can definitely lift more ideas. <laughs> wow, yeah, you're really coming... I don't care. I don't, like, I haven't ever tried to lift something I couldn't lift. <laughs> I look at it and I'm like, that's a jug of milk, and that's as high as I go. Everything else is like, eh, probably not. Okay, okay then it's me. <laughs> I, I, think I, I think I may have picked up a two-by-four at some point in, like, the early 2000s. Yeah, then I, I have you by a pretty wide margin. Oh, you know what we should do? We should do, we, yeah, we should just see who can do more, more shoulder presses with those chairs. Just real quick. Visual gags are good for a podcast. Yeah, visual gags are great for a podcast. Um, we'll, I'll insert some narration here. John, John intimidated me out of it. He, he made it, he, he looked so comfortable doing it, and I, and I was like, my shoulders. He's doing it, for those of you at home, he's doing it with one hand now. Uh, yeah, he looked, he looked me straight in the eyes and he said, I could do this for the full 50 minutes of the podcast. I, and I was I like, well, I couldn't. <laughs> it was an extraordinarily light chair. That was a good laugh. That one got one. Somebody loved that joke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dear brothers, who's it from? Merrily. Hey, Merrily, hi, how are you? I feel ya. Well, actually, I've been doing okay. <laughs> Last year, I made some bad decisions, and I realized it, and I saved myself from them this year. I'm so glad that you put your name on this question so that now everyone will know. I drink a lot <laughs> of water. Because, you know, healthy. Which, I, which, I also, which means I also have to go to the bathroom quite frequently. My good friends know this about me, but it's always weird when I'm with people I don't know so well. Are any of the people around you folks like that? Just everyone in the room. <laughs> so I know this about Marilee. Um, how, how do I tell, uh, this weekend I've been telling people I'm going on a walking tour of Seattle restrooms. <laughs> but that won't work when I get home, please help Marilee. How do, you, uh, how do you inform people that you're a frequent peer, John? I... Someone experienced with that. I, I would, I, I'd just be pretty open about it. I wouldn't... And, and if somebody says, like, that's weird, then they're the ones who made it weird. Just be like, I drink a lot of water because I'm super crazy healthy, and you should drink... Like, you should be a frequent peer. What's your problem? <laughs> you know, throw it back on them. Be like, you only pee six times a day? Good God. Yes, shame them. Have you been to a doctor? <laughs> Six times a day. No, I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know how much I pee. Like, oh, now I'm stressed out. Do I pee too much? <laughs> Do I pee not enough? It hadn't occurred you, to you me. You mentioned medical something to my brother, and he's very worried now. It hadn't occurred to me um, that it could be something I could feel shame about. So thanks for opening up that new avenue. I'm <laughs> really excited to pursue it like in the hour between when I lie down and fall asleep tonight. Has anybody in this room ever gone to the bathroom just so that they could check Twitter? Oh. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know this, but I've actually been off of Twitter for a month. 
so I can't relate to that at all. When do you pee? <laughs> you know what I do? You know what I do when I'm urinating now, Hank? <laughs> I... Thanks I, for that sentence. I, th <laughs> I, th I think. <laughs> I, I have, these, have thoughts. I have these weird things called the thoughts. And now they're all going to be about, now, when was the last time I peed? Is this the correct color? Yeah. Oh. Oh, man. All right. You're fine. Everything is fine. Don't worry. I'm sure that you, you don't have a disease. That wasn't your question, but that is my answer. <laughs> but, but we're very worried about you now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, this next question comes from Sarah, who writes, Dear John and Hank, why is it when we cry, our entire bodies leak? Uh, you do need to see a doctor. Yeah. Yeah, Sarah, I'm definitely concerned about you. Um, <laughs> There more to the question. Yes. Give me some context. Like, why does the nose need to get in on the action? Oh. And that is true. I have found that to be true. But that's not your whole body. Um, I bet there are at least 50 of me here right now, comma, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Which Sarah are you? Hi. <laughs> very good, very mild woo. That was about, that good? I'd say that was like a 20 on the scale of woos I've heard, 20 out of 100. Woo! I didn't, but it, I, it didn't seem like, wrong with it. like an embarrassed woo. It just seemed like a chill woo. Yeah. You know, like, I'm having a good time. Let's just, yeah, woo. <laughs> woo. Uh, so, Sarah, I'm a science guy. I know all about things like this. For example, you've got eyes in your nose and they cry. Got eyes up on the inside of your nose. They also cry, just like your eyes, your eye eyes cry, your nose eyes cry too. Yeah. Yeah. Science. You don't usually, yeah. You don't often think about your nose eyes because you don't usually look out of them. Yeah, like, you can't, yeah. they can't see anything. You, if you focus really hard, Sarah, you can see out of your nose eyes. Yes. Like if you just like kind of squint it, squint, and really, then you can see out of your nose eyes, but there's not much to see. Yeah. So. Hair. It's like more hair than you used to have. It's mostly what my nose eyes see these days. Why does hair come out of my nostril? You can't, you, and it's just like, stop growing. You're a nose hair. You have phases of growth and you've reached the end of it before you get four inches long. Uh, yeah, I'm very confused about so many things about middle age. Mostly, like, why do all of these cliched things keep happening to me that everybody talks about with middle age? Like, why does my knee hurt all the time now? Yeah. It's, that seems like, can't I have a more interesting, less cliche m middle age? Yeah, and I literally see the kids these days, and I'm like, God, oh, kids, kids these days. These days. Yeah, I hope they're all right. Yeah. You know? I am worried about them and worried by them yeah. at the same time. And like the things that I, I, I'm very hopeful about today's kids, I think, but mostly I'm uh, just baffled by them. Like it used to be when young people got into something, I was already like kind of into it, you know? So like when young people were like, oh, Harry Potter's amazing, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I was reading Harry Potter when you were five. 
And now young people will be like, oh, have you seen Peekaboo Smoo, the new app where you can lip sync to electronic music that doesn't have any words? <laughs> and I'll download it and I'll try to like be like, <laughs> and I just feel so embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. I, before, it, before it was TikTok, when it was Musical.ly, I downloaded it and I, and I was like, well, I am a new media personality. I'm going to engage with this new app. I downloaded it and I was like, I'm leaving. <laughs> it's like I just walked into a Claire's as a single 35-year-old yeah, man. Yeah. Like, you, you can't be here. Yeah. It's no, not okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, that's exactly it. You shouldn't be here. And like, they're trying to tell you in all kinds of different ways, and you're like, no, I'm cool, I'm hip, I'm gonna be on Snapchat. And everyone's like, no, man, no, you're not, you shouldn't. And then like, after one day I was like, oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm never going back here. Yeah. No, okay. I, I do not belong. This next question comes from Kelsey. Kelsey, are you here? Woo. Maybe. Right. <laughs> There's several Kelsey, sorry, I didn't ask your question first. I'm a permanent wheelchair user, how do I physically propose to my girlfriend since I can't get down on one knee? Kelsey, are you, are you that Kelsey? You're that Kelsey? Can you raise your hand? I can't see very well. Here's my answer to the question. If you've had the conversations, if you've discussed the stuff... Not on right now. Oh, there it goes. If you've discussed the stuff that you need to discuss, if you're ready to get engaged, then like... Getting down on one knee is not an important part of the process. The important part of the process is the asking. So I want to, I'm just coming to you, Kelsey, so that you can participate in the conversation. This is a bigger room than I thought it was. Oh, we've met before. How are you? Good to see you. Uh, oh, you have your own microphone. Oh, and... Uh, because so, it's very important. So you've, ta you've talked about it. Yes, yes. Uh, have we talked about it? Yes. Okay. Oh, this is your girlfriend. <laughs> yes. How are you doing? I'm having an amazing day. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to hear. Yeah. Hi, I'm Hank. Hi, Hank. What's your name? Amelia. Hi, Amelia. So I guess jo John's advice was like, if you're ready, just do it. Okay, so I just did. Are you ready? Can you hold this? Yeah. yeah Amelia Mary Zuber. You're my favorite person, and you're my perfect. Will you marry me? Of course I will marry you! Okay, I'm gonna leave you guys alone now. <laughs> I'm fine. Oh, jeez. Oh, I'm a little teary. Little. Well, that, I mean, that's gonna be the best part of the, the pod. <laughs> anybody? <laughs> uh, no, I, I, actually, I thought, about, I thought about saying anybody else looking to get married, but, <laughs> but no, you can't. You're not gonna be able to beat that, so save it for another podcast. Oh, man. That was really lovely. Thank you for sharing that moment with us, guys. I don't know how you... Uh, I know... Yeah, I, we, I really appreciate it. It's encouraging. 
makes me go back to the feeling earlier when I feel like we're, as a species, going to be okay. <laughs> Johnny, you got a really good follow-up for that one? Something I, really I, like, I do. Uh, I do. It comes from Anonymous, and it is Dear John and Hank, Cool Ranch or Nacho Cheese? I want to I I keep the vibe going of being on the edge of tears and overjoyed. So, <laughs> I mean, I, there's, if you f- make a Dorito and you put salt and sugar and everything else on it, I'm, I'm good, man. You can make yeah. it spicy, you can make it limey, you can make it nacho cheese, you can make it cool ranch, and I will eat it until yeah. I vomit. Yeah. The, uh, the, flavor, the flavor ranchers at, uh, at Doritos, that's what they call them. They're like the sandwich artists at, they've got flavor ranchers. Is this like nose eyes or is this a real thing? <laughs> so, it's all I could come up with, John, as, uh, okay. as far as I could get. Okay. It's the best I could do. The fact that you thought it might even possibly be real is a huge win for me. Uh, the flavor ranchers at Doritos are real experts. They really know what they're doing. And I, I put a lot of my trust and faith in them. Uh, and, and I, you know, whatever they're up to, I, I encourage it. Um, they've never let me down so far. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm glad we picked that question. I feel very emotionally supported by the flavor ranchers. This next question comes from Blave. Blake, Blaine, or Blave? We'll find out soon. How long do I have to live in a new city before I can confidently say I do not like it? (laughs) Uh, It says lots of words rhyme with Blave, which is true. Uh, Blave, are you here? What's your name? Thanks, it's Blake, everybody. More, more words rhyme with Blake than with Blave. Yeah. What's the, you see where I'm at, though? Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a Blave 100%. <laughs> Maybe a Blair. <laughs> I'm, struggling, I'm struggling to find a Blake. But um, I have a very specific answer for this, because for the first two years that I lived in Indianapolis, I hated it. Like, not like I didn't like living there. I hated it. I could not wait for Sarah to get a job at some other museum in some other stupid mid-sized American city so that I could hate that city, but at least it would be a new hate. (laughs) That's how I felt about Indianapolis. And now when people say anything negative about Indianapolis, like even when they say, you know, uh, Indianapolis dumps raw sewage into the White River like 70 or 80 times a year, I'm like, you shut your mouth. <laughs> you know what? That raw sewage is beautiful in a way, if you think, <laughs> if you think about it long enough. <laughs> People are just trying to keep themselves and their children alive. We're just trying to prevent cholera, okay? We're just, all we want is to feed ourselves and take care of our our children. And the consequence of that is one of the many consequences is raw sewage, yes. Yeah. And uh, and it wouldn't exist if it weren't for human love. More evidence that Hank can make a case for anything. I think you have to be in a place for, my experience anyway, has been that you have to be in a place for a couple years before you can start to see its charms and see past its uh, frustrations and annoyances. 
in the end, like the problem with any kind of moving or travel for me is that I, I, I bring myself with me. And, you know, like there I still am with all of my old problems. And I always think the geographical cure will work. And instead I find myself now I'm like, oh, great. Now it's mountains and me. Now it's a beach and me. Now it's Indianapolis and me. So over the years uh, of living in Indianapolis, I began to hate myself less, uh, which strangely had the side effect of me hating Indianapolis less, and now I'm a huge fan of it. And if you, would, if you are considering, uh, if you live in Seattle and are considering perhaps moving to a place where you don't have to pay $700 million for an apartment, <laughs> let me encourage you to move to Indianapolis, the wherever, cheapest wherever. big city in the world, in America. <laughs> <laughs> You, uh, when you first moved to Indianapolis, I looked at houses, and there was a house on the market for like $11,000. Oh, yeah. No, the house next door to our first house sold for $89,000, and when it was for sale, I went in to be like, what's wrong with it? And the answer was, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it was $89,000, is because it's a pretty good house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not the easiest time to be you, but you're making it work. Uh, I, in my experience, I don't feel really one way or another about places. I feel ways about people, and uh, and and when I am feeling distressed about a place, it's usually because I am I've felt antagonized by or my values are not in concert with the people that I come across, and. If it is a thing like there's no good Indian food, or this is a very Missoula problem, <laughs> yeah, or the airport an issue in Seattle. Yeah, do you guys not? Do you guys have good Indian food here? In this no restaurants are open until after six. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and, or, or uh, your airport only flies to three different cities. Like that's another Missoula problem for you. Um, then, uh, but but I but the thing that uh, like. You know that I, that I love is that like I feel like the people in this place have a per similar perspective on the world and they help me have a better mm -hmm. view of the world. And then when I'm in other places, sometimes I don't feel that way. Sometimes I feel like people don't like each other or have a sort of perspective that the, we're going to be okay and that uh, people are ultimately good. And that rubs off on me and makes me feel real bad. Um, and so I do not know. Bla Blair, Blake, Blake, Blake. Uh, but I, but I also what, think what, what your what your thing that you are disliking is. But it I, it might be the social group rather than the place itself. I also think it's a time of life issue. Like I lived in Chicago when I was in my twenties, and I love Chicago. It's an amazing city. It's a wonderful city. It's a big, huge. It's many cities at the same time. And there were large swaths of the time that I lived there that I absolutely hated Chicago. And it wasn't because of the weather, it was because of circumstance. Like I was in a difficult period of life. Like being in your, I don't want to generalize, but like being in your early to mid 20s is, you know, essentially the worst. Uh, so I think, <laughs> that, you know, that was the problem I had with Chicago ultimately. Not for everyone, for some people it's great, but not for me. Uh, we have a related question, Hank. Dear John and Hank, it's from Paige. What do you say when people ask you where you are from? Is it the city where you were born, where you grew up, where you went to school, where you live now? Help, people at PodCon keep asking me where I'm from, and I don't know. Thanks in advance. <laughs> Just you gotta pick. 
Uh, it's easy for me. I don't have to pick. I just say Orlando because I was there the whole time. You and Wait, no. When people ask you where you're from today, you say, I'm from Orlando? No, not from. Yes, you're right. They, I say, so when people ask me where I'm from, I say, I've been in Missoula for the last 15 years. You still don't say I'm from Missoula? If you live in Montana, you are not from Montana unless you were born in Montana. And, they're, and they, will, they will punch you in bars over it. I, I don't doubt that. Uh, I, for me, like, when I look back at the moment my life, like, I began to think of myself as an adult in, it, without being uncomfortable about the thought, which was shockingly recently, was the moment when, when people asked me where I was from, I just said, I'm from Indianapolis. And, and once I felt really comfortable with being from Indianapolis, with the idea of having a hometown that wasn't the town in which I grew up, or either of the towns in which I grew up, that's when I felt like, oh, I'm home, or at least like I'm making a home in this place. So I, I think if you're not there yet, like when I was in my early 20s, people would ask me where I was from, and I would usually say like Alabama, but also kind of Florida, and I guess kind of Chicago. But at PodCon, they mean like, where are you going home after this, <laughs> right? <laughs> where do you live currently? Yeah, so that's, that's, what I, that's when you say your current city. Yeah, I, like, it's funny, I had not thought about this, but when people ask me where I'm from, where are you from? I say, I live in Missoula. Because I don't think I'm from Missoula. That is, it's weird to have, to be from a place at all. It's weird to have a from. That doesn't necessarily seem like something that is actually true of humans, that we like sprouted as a plant and then turned into a butterfly and flew away from the place that you were originally He's a, he's a scientist, from. ladies and gentlemen. And a real. Is a plant, it's a, we are all plant butterflies. And, uh, but I do think that I'm from Orlando. That's, and I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, like, linguistically, I am confused right now. I, I think existentially, I've also gotten myself a little confused, and maybe also biologically as well. But I am no longer from Orlando. You left sooner than I did, though. Hard stop. Thank you <laughs> for congratulating me, person who clapped. <laughs> Everybody, thank, congratulate Orlando, John for no, not being great. from Orlando. Orlando is great. Anybody here from Orlando? Okay, hey, hey, thanks for being here. It's a great city. I'll actually I'll be visiting in a month <laughs> <laughs> to take my children to certain unnamed. Oh, I see. Oh, God. I love theme parks. And I can't wait for my child to be old enough to love them, too. Oh, God. It'll probably, really? probably simultaneously uh, coincide with the moment when my knees hurt so bad that I can no longer enjoy them. Yeah. Oh, God. Because I'll be that age. I love Disney. Oh. We are so similar in so many ways, and we could not be more different on that front. Like, when we were kids and our parents would take us to Disney, my, my mom, because of her community service, was awarded, like, an annual pass, a free annual pass to Disney. And so it was very easy for them to take us to Disney, which I know sounds like a wonderful blessing and whatever, but it was horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> they take us to Disney all the time. We went there hundreds and hundreds of times, and it was just horrible. And what I would Love do, Hank would go on all the rides, the whatnot, the hoozy hoots. I got I a was, hernia. I was like... I was 14 or 15 by this time. You know, I wore a trench coat in the summer in Orlando. I hated every aspect 
of Disney and Orlando and also the, the known universe. Like, there was nothing about the universe I couldn't find an angle to hate. Except for Trent Reznor. <laughs> He's a talented man. <laughs> Not gonna deny it. Not in the cure, God help me. Uh, so what I would do while they went on the rides is I, I, there's, a, there's this thing at Disney called the Hall of Presidents, and it's like a 30-minute animatronic introduction to American civics. Everyone should go. It's the best, I maintain, the best ride at Disney. It's also air-conditioned, and there's never a line. So I would uh, sit in the Hall of Presidents and listen to the 30-minute spiel, and then I would get out, and then I would go immediately back into the Hall of Presidents because it was air-conditioned, and I would just do that for eight hours until it was time to go. I have never been to the Hall of Presidents. That's great. That's but great. I have been to the emergency room because of my Disney hernia. <laughs> it's true. I this... forgot about your Disney hernia. <laughs> This next question comes from Mary. That's all we're talking about. Yeah. Dear Ank and John, what are your strategies for recovering after a con is over? No, I do not have a little lamb. Mary. Why do we still sing nursery rhymes about all this pastoral? It's very strange. They're all about sheep and hay and pies with birds in them. I'm very confused the whole time. What should they be about? Like plastic molding factories? You know? No, look, you know, things that people do now. Mary had a little... Social media music. profile. Mary had a little town in Minecraft. Yeah. Mary, Mary had, a had a little Patreon. It's... <laughs> Gave her about eight bucks a month. It's yeah. good. It's nice. It's nice. It's better than nothing. I just thought of a very sad joke that I'm not going to tell. Okay. The, well, <laughs> the can we answer the Strategies. Question? The, but the actual question, I forgot. The strategies for recovering after a con is over. One, it's a thing and it's normal and it took me forever to accept that I'm, like, I'm gonna feel bad the day or two after a con and that's normal. That is the, the almost like, in many cases, what I need to be told is this is a thing and you are experiencing it, and it will not last forever. Yeah, you have to set your, your expectations correctly because then you don't get freaked out. Um, I often get kind of sick after VidCon or PodCon, um, and that I definitely happens. sleep more than usual. And for the first few years, I was like, no, I have to be at work, and now I just like take, take, it, you know, I take a day off if I can, and that makes it better. So that's my advice. Yeah, and I, I think, oh, sorry. That one really snuck up on me. He's already, he's already getting sick. That means I'm going to get sick because I lent him my hat earlier. And I was trying to give him lice, and he gave me a cold. Maybe I'm allergic to lice. This next question comes from, I think, Daniel. Well, we don't know for sure. <laughs> Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Dear John and Hank, I've obtained an unfortunate nickname at work. It was. Which roughly translates to little, Dan, little dude slash little boy. I've, uh, I've been there five months. How do I get this to stop? So I don't really have a solution to your problem, Hank might, but I do have a relevant story that I'm on the fence about telling <laughs> because I don't want 
to have this new nickname outside of my friend group because within my friend group, it is such a nickname. So about three months ago, one of my good friends turned 40. I'm excited about And this. we went to, we had a party in like a hotel suite in Indianapolis and it was a great time, and there was a lot of drinking and food and games and fun. And we there was a tiger, know. and Mike Tyson was there, and then everybody. Yeah, was. you've seen the movie, and that's how that's how Indianapolis parties unfold um, um, with forty-year-olds. Yeah, and then at about like twelve thirty in the morning, um, somebody was like, "Oh man, I'm really hungry. I wish I had some like Doritos." And I was like, "Oh, you guys want snacks?" And I should add that I was kind of half-conscious at this moment. Like, my eyes were closed, and they thought I was asleep, but I heard somebody say Doritos, and I just like, was like, hello, how's it going, guys? <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, you guys want some snacks? And they were like, yeah, we really want some snacks. And I was like, I'll go get some snacks. And they were like, what? You're, you're asleep. And I'm like, no, it's good, I got it. So <laughs> I go down to the hotel lobby, and I don't want to brag, uh, but I am really good at like late-night snack acquisition. You know how like some people under order on the snacks? That's never been a problem for me. So I go downstairs and you know, it's a situation where there's like this like pa hotel pantry where you can get whatever you want and I get a lot of a lot of snacks. I probably get 30, 35 total snacks. But I don't have any bags. So I just uh, just kind of roll it up into my shirt as best I can and kind of hold the rest of it, you know. Yeah, like, like a baby, basically, but like a baby that's got 35 discrete parts, any of which could fall off at any moment. And I get in the elevator. Now, the elevator is full of eight people who do not know each other, but are all very drunk and have been riding up and down on the elevator for, for long enough that they've become friends and they can't figure out how to get to the floor that they all want to get to. <laughs> this is the environment into which I walk with th this 35 different snacks. So I walk in there and one of the guys says, you got a lot of snacks, man. And then one of the other people says, he's a snack man. <laughs> and then these eight strangers start chanting. <laughs> Snack man, snack man, snack. No, no, no. What did you expect? I should never have done it. Oh no. Wow. So I, I'm like, okay, well this is really bad, but at least it's just an elevator phenomenon. But, but, but no. I get out of the elevator. I'm walking back to the hotel suite where Sarah's birthday party is. And here's this freaking Greek chorus behind me. <laughs> Chan Snack Man. And I don't know what to do. I'm like, do I knock on a, on a different door and just like hope for the best? But no, in the end, like I knock on the right door and my friends open up and there are these strangers behind me chanting Snack Man. <laughs> And that's how I got that nickname. So I guess the answer to the question is you got to start bringing snacks. <laughs> and then you'll be the snack boy instead. You'll be a little snack boy. Yeah, you'll, be, you'll be the tiny little snack boy. All right. Glad we got that covered.
You want me to ask another one? You ready? I got one. I'm sorry I was upside down. This is from ZW who asks, as a nurse, what is the most helpful and comforting thing I can tell you when you are a patient? I look to John, who needs to be comforted <laughs> frequently. Well, I mean, the most comforting thing that you can tell to me is you're fine and all of these test results will be negative and you'll be home soon. But I, you can't, right? That's the, that's the scam. <laughs> like, that's the deal with medicine, is you can't offer the reassurance that they need because like, sometimes that reassurance is false and you don't want to offer somebody false reassurance. Mm -hmm. I think the most thing, the most important thing that you can do is, is listen. Like I find it very helpful when I'm in the hospital if I ask for something, um, if somebody is able to get it right away, like a warm blanket for instance can be like often extremely comforting when you're in the hospital because it's like, you know, it feels warm and al almost like a cuddle as close as hospitals Can you go get. down to the x-ray department and get me one of those heavy blankets? Oh, those are great. Just a big those metal. Yeah. Just for whatever part you can find. Yeah. Just put it on my arm. Yeah. I just want to feel cuddled. I just want to feel the weight, the weight. yeah. Um, and then the other thing is, uh, is just to be, be, be respectful, you know, like be respectful of the fact that it, it's super hard in, on a minute by minute basis when you work in healthcare to be empathetic toward patients because there are a lot of them and the expectations on you are extraordinarily high and you are also experiencing your own set of stresses. But when you are able to be empathetic toward patients and to understand that for, the, for them, this is, you know, in many cases, the worst day of their lives, or at the very least, the worst day of their week. Uh, I, I think that, that's, that can be really helpful. Now, I know you can't be expected to hold, and you shouldn't try to hold other people's anxiety and fear and worry and sadness and, and everything, um, because that would make it impossible for you to do your job. And I, that balance is something that, frankly, I could never find when I worked in a hospital, and I have great admiration for the people who are able to do that work for longer than like six months, because I burned out almost immediately. Thanks for doing good work. Yeah, thank you. This next question comes from Miranda, who writes, Dear John and Hank, last year you advised me to just get a second cat or else dump my live-in boyfriend. Did we do that? That does not seem like advice that we would give. I feel like... Seems dubious. Seems like I, seems, maybe it was more nuanced than that. This year... Tell me, maybe, the, maybe there were some really good reasons why you needed another cat. This year, this year, we have two cats. It worked. Okay, never mind. We did great. Yeah, you're welcome for the great advice. What? Uh, now we're getting married. How do I convince him to start having kids? Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh. I, I, I feel not great about the fact that I'm responsible for this one cat. I do not want to get into the business of being responsible for other people's babies. John, can I put you on pause right now <clears throat> and make a suggestion? Snacks? <laughs> I mean, if you, if you provide enough snacks for people, they're very amenable to... Especially, uh, especially Doritos. Okay, uh, no, here's my argument. This should be a conversation that happens between equals about a very long-term decision. No, you get, him, you get him hooked like... on the snacks and you say, I'm going to take him away if you don't have a baby. 
And that's not weird at all. <laughs> yeah, that is very bad advice. I mean, that's what we're here for. You both, you both need to really 100% be on the same page about that. Um, it's such a huge decision. I actually remember at our Catholic Engaged Encounter, which I've probably mentioned before God. because it was the most terrifying two days of my life. <laughs> Do you know I haven't been on uh, the social internet at all in like six weeks? <laughs> uh, we, one of the things they made us do was stand back to back and then raise our hands if we wanted kids. And um, we, so Sarah and I stood back to back and they said, do you want kids? And we raised our hands and we, we turned around and we were like, oh yeah, good. And like half the other couples turned around and like huge fights broke out. <laughs> so don't, don't be in that situation, you know? Like get this. Have the conversation. Get it settled. And uh, yeah. This it's always is good a, to have, have conversations. This is a thing that involves more than one person and, and must, and so the, uh, so the opinions of both those people must be taken into account. It might even involve more than two people. It's possible. Yeah. That's up to you, though. Not, I, I have no interest. We're yeah. staying out of it. You do what you do. Weirdly, the only person who doesn't have a say in it is the one who starts existing then. Yeah. That's upsetting to me. You know what I... No one asked me yeah. if I wanted to exist. All this reminds me, Hank, that today's podcast is brought to you by Miranda's second cat. Miranda's second cat, apparently my fault. This podcast is also brought to you by my Disney hernia. My Disney hernia. A very fun day came to an end. Today's podcast is also brought to you by the Hall of Presidents. The Hall of Presidents, Disney's leading civics-oriented attraction. And finally, this podcast is brought to you by Marriage Proposals in Public. Hey! I hope that you asked first. This episode of Dear Hang John is brought to you by Thrive Market. Thrive Market is there to help you maintain the kinds of habits that you want to have. For me, I need to have the right kind of food in the house or I will eat whatever. Oreo recently sent me some free fancy Oreos. They were weird. I ate all of them. I ate all of them in a week and it was a problem. I can't do that. I need to have healthy, good stuff in the house and Thrive Market can help you have healthy habits. It's a great go-to for all your grocery and household essentials and the convenience of getting everything online and then like just quickly shipped to the doorstep, it's a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with great ingredients and sourcing methods. They got Amy's, Banza, Burt's Bees, Chobani, Honest Kids, Kind, Mike's Hot Honey, Oatly, Olipop, Poppy, Salt, I've never heard of salt, but it's got two A's in it, so it has to be good. And as a Thrive Market member, you can save money on every single grocery order. On average, you can save over 30% every time. And they also have a deals page that changes every day. When you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one -one membership matching program. You join, they give. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order, plus a $60 free gift. I enjoyed my $60 free gift. I was surprised by it, and it was the kind of thing I wouldn't have bought. And then now I'm like on the ghee train. They gave me free ghee. And I was like, I don't know what ghee is. But then I was like, oh, this is great. It's like butter, but it's different and more spreadable. <laughs> Go to thrivemarket.com slash dearhank for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash dearhank, thrivemarket.com slash dearhank. Hank. <laughs> 
This one is very good. Can I do this one? Yes, please. It says, Dear Mr. Greens, oh. last summer I fell in love with someone who eventually left me for someone else. Then oh. last week, the someone else matched with me on a dating app. What? And then asked me to hang out. What do I do? Do I cause chaos? From Fumble on the Bumble. I mean, this is a vintage example of how happy I am to be old in 2018. It's 2019. Hank, that's how old I am. I don't even, I'm, I'm now of an age where I don't need to know the year. <laughs> the nurse will be like, what, what, who's the president? And you're like, <laughs> I don't know. I haven't, Must, yeah. I haven't been on Twitter in 30 years, lady. How, how am I going to know who the president is? <laughs> how do people know things anymore? Do, yeah. you, do you cause chaos? People seem to be very in favor yeah, people, of I causing was chaos. I was shocked. Is there, is there anyone who is for letting sleeping dogs lie? Okay, all right. All right Raise it. your hand if you've done this before. No one has done this before. People oh, have done it before. They're, they're together. sitting next to each other. Wait, are you, are you did, did this result in you two being, okay. <laughs> they're like, nope, nope, we're, nope, nope. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's a bad situation. I mean, the truth—the truth of the matter—is it a? If it you don't have, you don't have to do anything. It's not a bad situation because you don't like if somebody texts. From what I understand, if somebody texts you on a dating app, you are under no obligation to, to write to them no, back. Here's correct? my question: Why? Okay. Why did they match with them? They only matched with them because they saw their profile and they knowingly swiped either up, down, left, or right, depending on what how it works. Yeah, I suppose you did. You did swipe the someone else. Yeah, I Bumble on the Bumble, you can remain anonymous if you want. But did you swipe the someone else? I did. You did. Why did you swipe the someone else? Oh, she wanted to be, feel better. Yeah, no, that makes oh. sense, actually. Now that you say it out loud, I totally would have done that. Yeah. Hundo, hundo P. Uh, I'm so cool and hip. I mean, that was the, that made, like, my whole body shiver when you said that. Like, my... When I said what, John? Hundo P. My, 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 I, I feel like I have a fever that came on very quickly <laughs> as a result of Hundo P. The more I think about this, the more I think... You probably gotta cause chaos and and see. And here's the reason: you, you gotta see how weird it can. I I want to preface this by saying the end of this story really should not be you getting back together with the person who left you for the person who's now on the dating app who swiped you. I don't think that's a good ending of the story. I'm not an expert. You might feel differently. It's your life. You live your life, obviously. But like. I don't think that's the best outcome here, but if you hang out, see, where, see what happens, the story likely gets better. You know, like, <laughs> I don't know which way it gets better yet, but like, if, if part of the point of being reasonably young is to have great stories, 
now's a great time in your life to have such a story, and this is a pretty amazing opportunity. <laughs> Hank? Yes. Thank you for potting with me. Thanks to all of you for listening, not just today, but for listening to our podcast and bringing so much joy to it. The um, the responses that you send in, the gifts that we get, it really, it, it has made me feel like 2010 Nerdfighteria again, and it's been really magical. And... And long, long may it continue. Thank you for thank you for sticking with us. I know there are many people in the audience who've been uh, following our stuff and and making stuff with us for a long time. So thank you. We really, really appreciate it. We feel really lucky to be part of this community with you. This podcast is edited by Nicholas Jenkins. Boy, he's got he's got rough work ahead of him on this one. Yeah. Good luck with that. Our uh, producers are Rosiana Hals-Rojas and Sheridan Gibson. Woo! Our head of community and communications is Victoria Bongiorno. Woo! The music that you heard at the beginning of the podcast and right now is by the great Gunnarola. And as they say in our hometown, don't, don't forget, forget to be awesome. awesome.